everyone. Welcome to Party Like a Marketer, the podcast dedicated to cannabis marketing, public relations, and authentic storytelling. I'm your host, Lisa Buffo, founder and CEO of the Cannabis Marketing Association. You can connect with me on Instagram at LeeBuff or Twitter at LeeBuff21. And I'm also on LinkedIn. And don't forget to join us at this year's annual Cannabis Marketing Summit, June 7th through 9th in Denver, Colorado, for two plus days of cannabis marketing, speakers, best practices, and networking with the industry's leading brands and retailers and marketing experts over three stages in the heart of Civic Center Park. Today's conversation features Sadie Thompson with Proven Media. She is a recent graduate with honors from Northern Arizona University with a passion for media and sports. Sadie maintained a dual major in journalism and strategic communications with an emphasis on advertising, while simultaneously writing and hosting a bi-weekly sports news television broadcast. Her in-depth understanding of journalism and the mechanics of news enable her to connect authentically with reporters, and she brings an innate ability to seek out public relations opportunities for clients. Sadie's skills, her attention to detail, and her positive can-do attitude help build client relationships and exceed expectations. Okay, welcome everybody to today's episode of Party Like a Marketer. Today's guest is Sadie Thompson with Proven Media, and we're going to be talking about cannabis public relations, storytelling, and campaigns today. Sadie, thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you so much for having me on, Lisa. I'm so excited to get into our conversation for today. Of course. So let's get started. Can you first tell our audience a little bit about Sadie? Who are you? How did you get started in the cannabis industry, as well as Proven Media and what Proven Media does and where you're based? Yes, thank you. Um, So I'm Sadie Thompson. I'm a recent graduate from Northern Arizona University. I have a dual degree in strategic communication and journalism with an emphasis in advertising. I spent most of my college career um, on the sports journalism side of things. Uh, I did sports broadcasting, um, but it really helped me develop a background for how news worked. Um, And uh, with that, I was lucky enough to be introduced to my boss, Kim Prince at Proven Media my senior year of college. And um, actually funny story, I presented my final um, college advertising um, capstone project to my boss. And that's actually how I landed my job at Proven Media. So uh, even more so shows how important campaigns are um, for marketing, but yeah, so Proven Media, was established in 2008 and we pivoted strictly to the cannabis industry in 2014. So we have a pretty um, solid foundation with the cannabis um, industry and we service clients in all sectors of the industry in commercial real estate, um, brands, um, entrepreneurs, uh, testing labs all all over the country. And uh, we're a marketing communications and public relations firm um, so we, we do the public relations initiatives for clients, um, create evergreen campaigns, um, f- really find their key messaging, but uh, Proven Media is based in Carefree and in Boston, so we have an East Coast, West Coast play, um, and we have a team of women. Uh, it's a, a woman-led firm, uh, my boss, Kim Prince, and Nako Katanzar and Ashley Oaks Scott and myself are our team. And yeah, that's just a little bit about Proven Media. And where's Carefree? That's in Arizona? Yes, Carefree, Arizona. It's like uh, North Phoenix by Scottsdale. Is it as carefree as the name sounds? 
Is it a yes. good place to live? Yes, we're living carefree and carefree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I actually grew up here too, so I went to high school. So I've I've been uh, nice. in this community all my life. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Glad to hear that, and thank you for clarifying for our audience as well. Yep. So let's talk a bit about campaigns and public relations. Uh, so first, I want to know what. So how do you approach them? And if we could first maybe clarify the definition of campaigns. Do when you say campaigns, are you referencing just public relations, or do you all do uh, marketing and advertising campaigns as well? So we look at campaigns on every single level. So what we do is we we take all of the or we um, get the key messaging and their foundation of the business, their target audience, who they're, who they're trying to reach, the the demographic, um, the the key part or what makes their product special. Um, we find all of that. And then with that, we create a strategic strategic campaign that these companies can utilize in every single different platform. So with those key messaging, we create press releases. Um, the press releases um, use the same like brand or um, brand identity, but they're tailored to like a company, a launch, say they, they go into a new market. We'll, we'll write a re release on that. Um, say they, they're a new hire. We'll, we'll write a release on that but we create a marketing mix for businesses. So we want to utilize the same messaging and the same communications through all the different platforms so that each time it touches a consumer or a person interested in the business, they get the same exact message so that it's not lost in the weeds and um, it's very um, specialized and targeted to who they're trying to reach. So to kind of like wrap it all up in a bow, we pull out all of the messaging, and then we use all of that messaging throughout the different platforms in a different marketing mix. I love that. So you're, you're effectively restating one of the things I say on this podcast and with CMA all the time, where to me, marketing and advertising is really the conversation around channels, but effective communications is telling a story. And so when you take the time to put your key messages, understand your brand identity, you know, what's important to the company and write that out first, then you can decide, you know, what channel or what medium is going to be best to tell that through, but you need to have that story and that foundation first. And it sounds like that's what you do. You, you get that, write it out, you know, make sure your team and the, the client is clear and then sort of decide, you know, what, what campaign or strategy should we use to get it out there? Exactly. That is exactly what we do. And, and that's what, what we're known for. We're really known for our, um, our strategic approaches for how to make these businesses look different to consumers or to make sure that they stand out to who they want to reach. We, we also do investor communications. So, we're a B2B and B2C firm, B2C firm. So um, we really like touch all of those different sectors and each client we have, we create a special um, marketing mix for them. Um, so everything's very customized to the specific brand or company that we work with. That makes sense. Okay. And you had mentioned when we were talking earlier about creating evergreen campaigns and evergreen content. Can you talk about that from the PR and marketing side and what that means? Yeah. So an evergreen campaign is something that we see a lot of companies miss out on and um, which is like the huge mishap in marketing is not having a campaign that um, businesses can use throughout. So and what a campaign means, it's like a, an overarching 
story and then um through different initiatives pulling out that um that story and positioning it with like a newsworthy tie so say the the campaign was all about um it, say it was like a, a hemp roll company and and their um campaign was about like sustainability how every time you buy a hemp roll you get or they plant a tree so with that we would like for Christmas, it would be like we would tie something in with like a Christmas tree, but you're still getting the understanding and the the overarching campaign of that this company is a sustainable company that when you purchase a product, you are helping um, the or the tree landscape in your community. So that there, there's always like a cause and effect and um, campaigns are used so that companies can have that like like for example a great brand campaign is nike just do it they they have that overarching campaign of just do it and then they they do smaller campaigns within that overarching campaign but anytime you see just do it you know that's nike but but then they have like the colin kaepernick um thing like the the sacrificing everything for something it's they they have these this overarching campaign and then they have smaller campaigns that um um that help also with the brand strategy so they're reinforcing the messaging they're taking a campaign or a message and then they just apply it in these different channels at these different times depending on what's relevant you know in the news or you know what time of year it is but they're reinforcing the same messaging in ways that's very top of mind and very present based on whatever's going on yes Yes, and then that that also too creates that um, brand brand awareness. So anytime that someone sees something that even resembles your brand, they immediately think of your brand. And something too that we talk about a lot with clients is how the cannabis industry is becoming more mainstream, and it eventually will become a commodity. So really positioning these uh, cannabis brands to be more mainstream in lifestyle, um, so that they're not very. It's, it's they're not too niche to the cannabis industry. They're able to reach a larger demographic, but then you'll, you know, we are having that issue with um, advertising to children and making sure that we're making that that is not happening and that we're very compliant, but it is definitely where the industry's going more mainstream, more lifestyle. Um, so just always keeping that in mind for brands as well. That makes sense. Yeah, we've seen it. I mean, we're based in Denver and we see a lot of brands do things with, you know, so we're at the foothills of the Rocky Mountains and we see a lot of brands do things with maybe a snowboarding company or the outdoor events that are happening because it is tying that mainstream, um, you know, lifestyle that's relevant to Colorado and where we are at a cannabis, which is also a part of, you know, Colorado and our ecosystem there. But it does bridge that gap, um, which I, I love seeing how different companies do that and in different locations with, you know, whatever it may be for them. Awesome. Okay. So tell me a little bit about the role that PR plays in all of this. Why is it so important? What can cannabis brands learn from PR and how can they approach it? Yes. So PR is, is very difficult for a lot of brands because people don't necessarily understand how it works. So to, to just start off, I, I kind of want to just talk about how PR works in journalism and especially how it works in the cannabis industry. But essentially, public relations, you want to work with a public relations firm so that you're able to control the narrative of your company. So 
what PR firms do is, like I said, we, we get all of those key messaging together. We, we figure out a campaign. We, we get all of that, that foundation built for your business. And then once we have all of that, we're able to start approaching the media. So whenever something is newsworthy or happens in your business, we want to make sure that the news is covering it. So we write a press release and we pitch it out. How, how we pitch out releases too is we, we look at it as a um, local, regional, national um, pitching effort. So like, say I'm pitching to uh, a newspaper in Arizona, the, the pitch or the newsworthy tie might be different to than um, Marijuana Venture or a national magazine. I, I, I want to utilize more um, national statistics or something like to make that national reporter interested in what I'm saying. But as PR or as more PR firms are coming into the, the space, it's even harder um, to really make sure that those media placements are set in stone. So it, that's why it's it's we always talk about how it's so important to have like your key, your key messaging and uh, your foundation built of your business before we even start getting into the media coverage into the PR, because say we we reach out to the media and it the release is covered or it's picked up and the, the story's written, um, but your audience isn't ready for the message, it's it's lost. Or or even like if you had a really great story and you pitch it to the media and they're not ready to hear it yet, they they won't pick up the story. And that's why it's very important to have a PR firm because we can keep that communication going. And then whenever that reporter is ready to hear that message, we're we're presenting it to them. We're presenting it to them. So um PR, it's, it helps with a B2B um, public relations and B2C public relations because one, consumers are looking in the media. You want to have great media coverage about your business, about what new products, about where people can find you. Um, you want that. And then also on that, that B2B play, you, if you're looking for investors, if you're if you're um, looking for stakeholders in your company, you you want to have you want to make sure that when they're googling your business, they see, oh, they made this much in revenue, or you know they um, donated to this cause, or you, you want to see their their businesses are active and they're they're doing something. You don't want to Google a business and it's just like their company page that pops up on Google. You you want to see you know where what they're doing, where they're at in the media, um, but public relations is a huge part of the marketing mix. Um, that, that communication with the media is so important for businesses. Um, and also I want to talk about like crisis communication. So, um, we, we deal with a lot, like not a lot of crisis communication, but in the cannabis industry, we're in a very, um, regulated and compliant industry where a lot of businesses might have issues with state officials or, um, just compliance issues that, that they're having to deal with. You don't want your company to have 18 stories in the um, news about how there was a testing issue with your product, you know, and yeah. we, we want to, you want to have a PR firm that's able to reach out to the media and say, yeah, like they understand that this happened here, we can provide a statement or, you know, have, having that team to really back you up on the media side, because most of these companies don't have access like a PR firm would. Um, so just, just really controlling that narrative, the consistency and, um, really, um, making that, that connection with your brand, with the reporters, um, because once reporters start learning about your brand and learning about all the, the great things you do, um, they, 
they're way way more in tune if a pub or if a firm were to uh, pitch a story about them to pick it up because they've seen you in the media. They know what you're doing. So public relations is very, very, very important for a business. Yeah, and I'll say we we talk with a lot of journalists and PR folks as well through CMA. And one of the things we see is that um, for particularly smaller businesses uh, who may be doing all their marketing and PR in-house, What's nice about working with the firm, or at least I should say how you should approach PR in general, is with that journalistic background in mind. So writing a press release is not the same as writing copy for your email, right? They're using standards that are set by that that, that industry and um, journalistic standards that are much more independent, much more neutral than it would if you're writing your own marketing piece. That's obviously going to you know hype up your products and services however you want. So to be able to have that skill or that communication and write that press release as if you were a journalist where it is, um, you know, sort of as independent or as neutral as possible so that when they read it, those key messages do stick out and it doesn't sound like a commercial. Um, And I think that's the big difference that PR firms or those who do have that journalism background understand is that you can't communicate with journalists like they're um, you know, sales folks in a, in a dispensary because they're not, they're, they're a part of the media. And so they communicate very differently. It's a totally different style than writing ad copy or, you know, your own newsletter as a marketer. Yeah, completely different. And you're, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, it, it's so important to like every, every press release there, there is a formula to how to write a press release, but a lot of media too, like journalists are always on crunch time, always on deadline. They sometimes just use the release and place that as the article. So always making sure that everything in the press release is the who, what, when, where, why. The, the most important things um, are, are right at the top. A quote from someone or a representative of the company that you're putting the release out for. There's, there's a formula for how to write a press release and it's it's very important to make sure that that's always um, done in the best way possible because nine times out of 10, if they're not going to write the story, but they like your release, they'll use the whole release for, and they'll place that. So, so yeah. And also a, a boilerplate having, having like your company boilerplate and your company bio is so important for businesses and something that we see a lot of companies they they don't have like their executive bios. They don't have, um, you know, their company boilerplate, their their website copy. So like we're able to use the key messaging and use it on all of these different channels so that every time a consumer is going on your website, reading about you in the, in the press, um, they see that same key messaging and um, they're in tune with what you're doing. Yeah. And I actually have a story to say about that. So when I was uh, before I started CMA, I was the CMO of a company in cannabis and I was doing, we, we did all of our press in house. And when we launched, I wrote a press release to our local media, which was the, uh, we were in Boulder, Colorado. So the Boulder daily camera at the time. And that's exactly what happened. I wrote the press release as if I was the journalist. So I like tried to write it very independently. And I had a quote from our CEO. I had a quote from one of our customers. So that sort of independent third-party source. Um, I wrote it very factually. I included stats and she, I mean, the, the journalist literally copied and pasted it almost word for word. And it was the article. So when you think about it as if you're 
almost doing the journalist's job and put yourself in their shoes, it is going to be way easier to get that picked up and, and allow you to control that messaging more, but in a way where if they do need to ask questions or they do need to follow up or they do see a gap or a hole, they can, but you are saving them work because they get like hundreds of pitches in their inbox a day. And so they, they just don't have the time to, um, you know, do the work for you. So you either got to do it yourself or work with experts that know how. It also shows too how um, like PR firms in the cannabis industry really control a lot of the media. Like a lot, a lot of the media that you see in the press um, for cannabis businesses stemmed from a PR firm. So um, really understanding the role that that public relations firms play in the media and how it could help your business is the very beginning of PR. And there's so much interest in cannabis right now. I mean, it's it's an exciting industry. It's um, one of America's fastest growing industries. I, I think I just saw recently too, where one of one of if not the number one employer as far as job creations, um, new jobs being created. So there is a lot of attention on what we're doing and the ability to effectively communicate with the media is so important for your company. But also, one thing I like to talk about is. You know, we're, we're a marketing organization, so we get asked a lot about, you know, what, where can I advertise? What, what channels can I use? Because I can't use Instagram. I can't use Facebook. I can't use Google ads. Well, communicating with the media is protected under your First Amendment rights. You can say, in theory, whatever it is you want to the press, and they're allowed to publish it and, and discuss it, where that is not the case on these tech platforms or other places you might be publishing. That doesn't mean you should say whatever you want. <laughs> you should still have a strategy, but just in the sense that that is a right that we have and our ability to communicate with the press is something that is protected and the public does see as credible. So that, that is a channel that everybody can use regardless of whether they're a plant touching business, an ancillary business, B2B, B2C or whatnot. So it is available to you regardless of the you know status of cannabis federally or in your state. So, all right, well, now that we've talked a little about PR, let's talk about some of the things you have learned in your career. So we've got a lot of cannabis marketers who listen to this podcast um, of all ages, all stages of their career. And one of the reasons I like this industry and why I, I actually started CMA, our listeners know, is because I was a cannabis CMO and I tried to take my skill set from working in tech and apply it to cannabis and just realize that marketing playbook, if you will, is not copy and paste. It's very different in this space. Um, so it was a lot of trial by fire for me and so many, which is why we have this community. So what are some of the lessons that you've learned over your cannabis career and what is some advice or perhaps something you wish you knew when you had first started? Yes, that's a, that's a great question. I want to first off start by saying all young marketers please have confidence in what what you're doing um that is something that i feel i didn't have in the very beginning of my my career um i'm i'm approaching Which is normal one, yeah i'm approaching yeah. the one year at my firm and i was i joined a team that was very lucrative and and super profound in their knowledge so coming and being new, I was very overwhelmed. But as, as I started developing and gaining more confidence and networking and learning about the industry and learning and finding my position in the company, um, I was really able to develop not only my skills, but my brand, help, help our company. Um, I just 
was a keynote speaker in Chicago at a networking event. Um, so yeah, I traveled from Arizona all the way to Illinois and was able or, and talked to or talked about cannabis PR um, to over a hundred professionals, um, and it was so amazing. Um, a lot of people were just so interested in PR, and it 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 made me really gain that confidence and understand that you know you, we do know what we're talking about. We we just need. Um, you know, those, those listening ears. And also something that I want to talk about too, is, is having a really strong mentor in this stage in your career as a young marketer. Um, I'm very blessed to be in like the Arizona cannabis market. Um, we have the marijuana industry trade association here who we work really closely with at Proven Media. And they're one of the best networking events I would say in the country, definitely in Arizona. Um, but but really like really getting connected, understanding the ins and outs of the industry, finding your place, um, being as, as authentically yourself as you can be. That's, that's what I, I live every day. I, I can't be anybody who I'm not. I, you know, so I, I live to be authentic and I enjoy now that I get to do it with my career and help these cannabis brands be authentic and strive themselves. But yeah, just some advice would be to, to have confidence, um, move with purpose, and it'll be great. The, the industry is in its infancy, and as long as you have a good head on your shoulders and um, some determination, it'll be great. I love that. Well, since you've talked about personal brand, um, I, I, and I want to talk about some marketing strategies. So perhaps you've touched on this on the business side, but if there is anything else you would like to add, I do want to ask, what are some effective marketing strategies specifically that you see brands using? And then on the personal brand side too, what are some ways in which you can build your personal brand? And if you could just sort of talk about the difference between the two, as well as any overlap. Yeah. Um, so something that I noticed too, when I began, when I first got in the industry was I was Sadie at Proven Media and, and that, that wasn't a bad thing. I, I love, I love our firm and everything we do, but I was like, I, I want to make sure that Sadie Thompson is known as well. Um, so really pulling, pulling together your making sure that when you're doing all this work for your clients, you're not missing out on your own. That's something that we realize in our firm is we do PR and marketing for all these other companies. And then our company is the one that doesn't receive the marketing and, and PR. Totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's real. Yeah. yeah. So, so just really like saving time, working on your own brand, um, really being well-connected. LinkedIn is the best platform right now, social wise for cannabis companies to use making sure that your LinkedIn is cinched up, um, making sure that you're connected with the right people. When I got, got my job at Proven Media, my boss, Kim Prince, she said the first thing that she looked at was who I was connected with on LinkedIn. So, or you know what, like she, she wants to know who, who I'm connected with, what, like what you can bring. So, so making sure that you position yourself to be desirable for people to want to work with you. Um, and also, making sure that you're staying, staying up to date with cannabis laws. A lot of um, young marketers, I feel like could benefit from talking more about education. I feel like we grew, we grew up in a lot, uh, cannabis was looked at a lot differently. Um, yeah. And, and so we're, we're really that generation to come in and, and be the education source and to destigmatize 
cannabis essentially um, really break that barrier between cannabis and and consumers. But but young marketers build build your own brand, and by doing so, you you will help your company. Yeah, that's a really great point. And I, yeah, I just want to echo your point about LinkedIn. It's so active for cannabis and it's one of the few places that actually allows um, fairly uncensored conversation about it, certainly compared to Instagram and Facebook and from the B2B side. We, I mean, we use it religiously at CMA and uh, it's been a really helpful platform and avenue for us. So I'm, I'm really glad that that's open and available. So All right, let's talk a little bit about what you see as far as the future of cannabis, Um, the future of cannabis marketing, the future of cannabis PR. I mean, now that you've been in this space about a year, you know, the the joke is that one year in cannabis is like dog years. It's like seven. It just goes so fast and things change so much. And and you also mentioned that regulations and the laws, they do change really quickly and they're different in each state. Um, each city, obviously, we don't have a federal framework yet, but you know that's that's eventually will happen at some point. But how do you see the future playing out, and how how and why is that important for brands from a marketing and PR perspective? Yes, I think that the cannabis industry is going toward um, national legalization, and so I think that right now it is super important for marketing and um, PR firms to start positioning their clients to be prepared for when global legalization happens. So just like, for example, in Arizona, we just had the one year anniversary of of rec sales in in the state. When rec launched, all of our clients were in the the newspapers, you know, like in all of the, the local media really you want to be able to capitalize on those huge events that happen in the industry. So making sure that you're prepared and the businesses are strategically positioned to um, succeed and to thrive in the media, in, in their marketing campaigns throughout their business, they're able to strive. Um, And where I see it changing is I think the industry will become more regulated by the government too on especially on the marketing side just because i mean every single state is different you could you could have a billboard um within you can't have a billboard within 300 feet of a school or a church in some states you can't you know there's there's too many there's too much of a gray area right now for the cannabis industry so i do see within the next five to ten years a lot more regulations for or a lot more parameters or boundaries for what we can do right now um I kind of, it just, yeah, like I said, it's just super gray. And so I think within the next couple of years, we'll have some more um, defined laws and defined regulations that we're able to use. So just making sure that as a um, marketing professional, that you're very in tune with what your state is doing, with what what's going on um, in DC, with, you know, w- what states are doing and where everything's going to make sure that everything is set in stone for when legalization does happen. Yeah. And I do want to mention when it comes to the laws, it, it depends also on how open the culture is to cannabis and, and how that changes over time. So for example, Colorado didn't allow billboards when they first launched, and that has recently changed as, you know, enough time has passed and, 
you know, things have played out and they, and everything has been fine, but it is also on us as an industry to communicate with our legislators at all levels about what works and what doesn't, because they're learning too. they don't know how to market cannabis or, you know, what's an appropriate or effective law. Um, they're to some degree sure, Right. And they're using standards and best practices from other industries. A lot of our laws are actually based off of what the alcohol industry does. But as we know, cannabis isn't alcohol. So, you know, there's some differences. And while that's a really great framework, it's 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 not the end all be all picture. So it is an iterative process. And as new states come online, the laws, you know, they start out one way and then they change and evolve as we see what they look like in practice. So just to echo your point, I, I want to emphasize to our audience and particularly newer entrepreneurs and those in newer states that if there is something that isn't working for you, to not be afraid to articulate that to the regulators or legislate uh, legislators in your state and let them know why this works or why this doesn't work so that they can make better and more informed policy because they actually do really rely on your feedback a lot more than you would think. We don't have to live with... Um, I mean, we do, but like we, we, we have say in this process as a democratic process. So uh, just the ability to recognize that and understand that and speak up, not just to each other within the industry, but have that communication with our regulators um, is just something I wanted to add. Yeah. And I actually have something to add on that as well. So just talking about, um, yeah, like being ahead of it, of um, like legislature and like lobbying and everything we actually were um, on the front end of kind of a breaking news story in Arizona about um, the Weights and Measures Department um, in Arizona, the Arizona Department of Agriculture. And can you um, explain but, what that means for our audience who's not in Arizona? Like, who are they and what do they do? Yes. So the Arizona Department of Agriculture, they are the regulators of like cannabis packaging. They, they do all packaging, like food packaging, um, but pretty much like they're the regulators to... So when you purchase like a bottle of lotion that says it's it's six ounces, that it is exactly six ounces when you purchase it. So they also regulate the cannabis industry. So something that was going on in Arizona was that the government was, or the um, Arizona Department of Agriculture um, Weights and Measures Division was um, holding the dispensaries in contempt of consumer fraud because the product wasn't weighing exactly what was labeled on the package. Um, what year was upon, this? This, was this, this a, it was actually a couple months ago. So it was the adult use or yeah. all of them? So it, it, all of it, essentially. Um, what, what happened was, is it's, they, I mean, dispensaries, they can only do so much. Like they can only push out products so much. They can, they can only do so much. And not to mention cannabis is, it's not the same as like a, a, um, a thing of lotion. It, cannabis is a tangible, it's a, it's a plant. It, you know, it, it, it dries, it, it you know, it, it shrinks, it, it changes through its, its lifetime um, on the shelf. So it's, we, we were just trying to push that it's, it's very hard it doesn't make sense that the government's cracking down on dispensaries when it, it it's like a, a larger problem and it's not the dispensaries problem that the flower isn't exactly what it it's weighed it it's it's a state and regulation issue whereas if it's if it's off of even if it's off point zero 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 one it's it's an issue it's, it's not compliant so just being ahead of that and and yeah, we, we were the break, the firm that broke the story. Um, 
a couple months ago. And, and yeah, so it's just, how did that play out? Is it still an issue or did they get it resolved? So it's, it's still, it's still an issue, but our right now our the legislation and legislature let um, government officials are really working on how to regulate the industry, because I think, I believe Arizona will be a groundwork for how a lot of other um, states roll out their rec. Um, I mean, Arizona, we have a limited amount of licenses so that the, the market's not oversaturated like it, like you see in Oklahoma. Um, yeah, it's it just, it's very regulated. So I, I think Arizona is going to be a um, state that is replicable across the country. Um, so yeah, just, just being ahead, understanding all the laws in your state, um, reaching out to those, um, to the, your government officials, the, the people that are making the decisions, they, they want to hear from you. Like you were saying, they, they want to know what these cannabis companies are struggling with or what's making their jobs harder. And how, and we all, we all want a regulated and safe, um, product for consumers and how we do that is by working together and figuring out, what works and what doesn't work and so it was just really cool to be a part of like the airs in front of the arizona department of agriculture weights and measures division story um earlier this year but very cool well i i hope it works out for you all down there and i that's so interesting i actually never occurred to me about that being that much of a problem or that detailed of a problem because yeah i can't i mean it does it has its weight but yeah it does change depending on, you know, moisture exposure, but I always thought it would be such a negligible amount that it wouldn't like be a thing. I, I, I hadn't heard about that. So thank you for sharing that. Oh yeah. I mean, like when, um, I mean, yeah, when, when consumers buy, uh, an eighth of cannabis and they go home and weigh it and it's about three grams, you know, they, they just spent money that, yeah. you know, they they, they were shorted a half a gram or, you know, but, you know, you don't know if it was packaged with three and a half grams. So it's, you know, it's all just very, very gray, like pretty much everything is of the industry right now. So yeah, just, just being ahead of the curve and um, making sure that you're telling your state officials what is going on in the industry and how you can help. Yeah, definitely. And I should say for our members who are listening, we do have a guide with links to all the regs in each state. Um, so if you do need that resource, we do have something for you there. Okay, Sadie. So one last few last questions I want to ask. So just to keep it real on this podcast, like I said, you know, it's a lot of trial by fire working in this space. Um, and, you know, part of why I founded CMA was I had tried my marketing playbook and failed so many times because it was just very different here until I learned, okay, there's sort of a, a way to do this specific for cannabis. So do you have any stories of adversity you faced or failure or things that you sort of like learned the hard way, uh, getting into cannabis that you would want to share with the audience, uh, just to bring some light to, you know, how, I guess how different things are and, and what it's actually like working in here. Yes. So the industry is is so so different just from from every industry i've worked in um just with with how everything works um with the the different people everything but something that i i want to talk about just as like a marketing and, and pr professional too is is how some some things that 
you want everything to be perfect. Everything in your brain. <laughs> like I, I envision this to look like this, to be like this. I secured a three-page editorial feature for a client um, in High Times Magazine. It was, I was so excited for the placement. Of course, it was a huge placement. My first placement in National Magazine. I coordinated with the editor-in-chief of the publication, got all the photos, the interviews, everything went great. And then I, the photo, the one photo that I wanted placed in the um, feature was not in the magazine. It was like the one photo that wasn't selected. I was absolutely heartbroken, like called my, my boss crying. Like I can't believe, like, you know, I was just absolutely heartbroken. Like that's all I wanted was for this one photo to be in this magazine feature. But my, my boss was like, just because that, that one photo didn't make it in the, in the feature doesn't mean that the feature isn't like still as amazing as it, as it should be. You know, like that's something that we also have to understand as like a PR firm is that we're pitching the idea and it's the reporter's story. Once, once that idea is gone or, you know, sent over to them. So not everything works out perfect, but to not, not be upset or to not like get too down on yourself if it's not perfect, because the, the overall message is still there and it's, it was, you know, it was still a great feature, but you know, understanding the value of placements and not everything like works out exactly how you want it to go. Or, I mean, shoot, you might have a typo that it's, you know, it's, you'll, you'll never go your whole career without having a typo on something. Absolutely (laughs) not. But you know, when it happens, it's absolutely heartbreaking and you want to cry and like hide in the hole. And if you can't get it fixed, that's even worse, but you know, mistakes, mistakes do happen. And, um, especially in this industry, it's so cutthroat. I mean, marketing is, is the, the one part of business that businesses cut first, um, when budgets are tough or slim. Um, and so, yeah, we, we just always have to move or we have to work like under the knife basically at all times, because we know that our job is basically the first one to get cut if, you know, the business isn't succeeding. So just um, fighting through adversity, not being upset if it nothing or if everything doesn't work out perfectly, because you have to really understand the overall message. And um, if the client's happy, you should be happy too. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really great point. And leaving yourself some room to go with the flow and let things play out. Because yeah, I mean, particularly in marketing and PR, things move so fast and tight deadlines, turnarounds that sometimes those details do happen. I mean, I I've spelled association wrong before, and I've typed that word literally a million times. Um, but sometimes it just happens. And so, yeah, it's just, you know, how, how it goes. So thank you for sharing that story. Okay. Well, we're almost at time. So is there anything else you want to mention or talk about that we didn't cover yet? I think, we covered everything, but I just, I just want to talk about just making sure that young marketers are networking, are showing their face out there. Um, with COVID and everything, I feel like a lot of people got very comfortable, like just staying behind their their computer, and especially being marketing and and PR, yeah. we are able to like really work behind our computer all day long. If you know, but what separates you or what makes you different is showing your face and really making that connection to your clients and and yeah so just networking 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 is important and building your own brand 
Awesome. And Sadie, is there any contact information you want to share? Proven's website, if you have any, your LinkedIn, anything like that, that you would want the audience to know? Yes, you can find Proven Media on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and it's Proven Media. Our website is provenmedia.com. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram, Sadie Thompson with two extra N's, uh, Facebook, Sadie Thompson, and my LinkedIn is Sadie Thompson 1999, I think, but Sadie Thompson on LinkedIn. (laughs) Awesome. Sadie, thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you and I appreciate you sharing your stories today. Yes. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Uh, I had a great conversation with you. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Party Like a Marketer. Follow us on Instagram at Party Like a Marketer and on our website, thecannabismarketingassociation.com. And be sure to join us in person this June 7th through 9th for the annual Cannabis Marketing Summit happening in Denver, Colorado. Check out our website for more details and membership information. We'll see you next time.